So, welcome to Three Song Stories, the <laughs> podcast where the three of us talk about what we did this year. For two years, we've been making this show. Like, we're still here. We're still here. <laughs> it's been getting better and better. Is it happening now? Is this oh, it? is this, this it? This is it. This is it. Okay, it's happening. Yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, you started it, Tara. Oh, okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Gotta <laughs> be starting something. Um, so, sorry. Um, all right, here we go. So, uh, I'm just going to jump right into it. We... Uh, Tara and I got, I think, more hosting time this year, mm-hmm. at least more recently. Yeah. We've been sitting a lot. Um, and I wanted to know from each of you, uh, what was like a standout moment from the host chair for you for the year? Like what like highlight moment um, that happened? Standout moment from when I was hosting? Yeah. Um, the Robert Greene episode. <sighs> the end of the Robert Greene episode, when I stood up and I turned around and I looked at that wall and I just felt this wave of like – joy and like not relief but it was just like i could feel people hearing it sometime because it had Mm. so much power in it and i remember just turning around taking a deep breath and just going man that was something i I think i have a lot of notes for myself more than anything so uh Mm. my first episode was kim's uh kim hudson and and she's a really good friend of mine so i knew her quite well Uh, but then i hosted andy howell uh, in October of 2019, it feels like it was just yesterday. Uh, and there were some moments in there where he got quite emotional, you know, talking about uh, growing up and his sort of family situation. And in the, that moment, you know, I wasn't sure, should I push him a little bit more to divulge, you know, and, and get a little more raw and a little mm-hmm. more exposed? Or do I almost as a host, protect him still sure. and, and just let it go. And your friends. Yeah, so like. yeah. And we're, we're definitely, we, we know each other out, outside of that interview. But that was the first time I think I'd ever sat down and actually spoke with him at length, you know, other than maybe a minute or, or two. So it was definitely a different experience. And then I walked away with that, though, with the reflection of I, I, I get to, we, we as hosts get to take care of the guest as well mm-hmm. and lead them down roads that we would like them to further explore. So I think that's just something for me to think about in the future, um, you know, make those sort of editorial kind of decisions. So, yeah, I think that kind like of Like in the out. moment. Yeah, in yeah. the moment, mm-hmm. which is hard. And, I, you know, and I felt it in the moment. But I, it, my, my, that motherly kind of instinct to protect and not dig at the thing yeah. um, was the route that I chose to take for that instead of, you know, ripping open some kind of a wound. Well, Andy's like top uh, four or five. So yeah, something right. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about you? Yeah. yeah uh, for me, probably... Uh, when we were, when I was in here with Luke, um, Luke Flannery, and we had this moment where he was, I could tell that he was starting to unpack his own mind. Like he was realizing things about himself. He was discovering things about himself in the episode, in like in the moment while he was talking about himself. And that's not new for the show. It happens all the time. But like it was, it was kind of great because we started with this really comfortable position i wouldn't even say he was guarded he was open from from the top but like he was luke being he luke. was luke being luke yeah we all and, did shots in that episode <laughs> yeah, we did shots in that episode and you know we were be, because the familiar the familiarity that we have with each other i think like there was this first air of like i'm so happy like two brothers we're talking but then i saw him start to talk about like why he likes what he likes and i just realized that this is why and so I think that 
offer me watching somebody who I think is pretty introspective anyway yeah. dig another layer deeper into themselves because of what we do here was like great. And I was sitting here for it. So that was fun. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, what, what do you think is something that we really got right this year? Um, I don't know. I think everything we did was right. <laughs> no, um, the fact that we got you guys in the host chair a lot more was great. Um, yeah. The breadth of our guests continues to be great. That's what I was going to say, the, the diversity of guests. Digital sure. content that we've been producing, Tara mostly, um, has been great. Um, you know, being able to make these little v- videos that we share that have the song stories in them has been great for getting the word out of what we're doing. Um, the live events were awesome. Um, I think we, you know, I think we're firing on all cylinders right now. I wouldn't say there's necessarily one thing that I think we did best. Yeah. I mean, we had dual host uh, all that's yeah dual host episodes we had dual guest episodes we have had ages and ranges and nationalities and professions uh, aplenty Mm -hmm. Uh, and that just keeps diversifying i think as the uh, podcast grows and as people learn about three song stories which has been fantastic I, i mean I think all of us can kind of say it's like, oh, yeah, three song stories. People hear about it mm-hmm. so much in our in our little corner of the world here. Uh, and thank you for you listening, you know, right now because of you listening now and sharing and following us on social media. It's only going to get better from here. Yeah, uh, I agree that part of it is that just we're like willing to try stuff this year. That's been like the thing that we're doing right, I think, is that like we've been, hey, let's let's just see. So like double host. I thought that was great. Yeah. Double host, double guest. Double guest. Um, 15-year-old father and son metal duo, Dizygo. Yeah. I can't, I mean, that's, <laughs> come on. Um, we, come technically, on. Uh, we had, like, the first episode of year two was Joshua Johnson. So our first episode was one that was restricted by, like, a live broadcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, but we were like, well, let's do it, and then it'll be what it is. And it was it was really good. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that a lot of things, uh, trying stuff, I think, is one of the things that we're doing right this year. Um, But I have to say that a big one is um, getting out on, like, social media and the way that Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. Instagram. And um, (laughs) I started thinking about that. And I think for me, um, the the extension of that that I think is going to have real legs is, um, you know, we've said it before a few times, but we're on Spotify now. Yeah. And part and parcel with us being on Spotify with our podcast is that we've got uh, Tori, our, our show intern, doing uh, a a database of all of the songs that our guests have mentioned. And so we'll have, uh, you know, once that's completed, we'll have like a Spotify list, like a playlist of the show. And I think that 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 arena, like making the music a character in our, mm-hmm. you know, in our whole production is, I think, what we're we're doing right. It's that one's going to yield later this calendar year, but but I think it's going to pay off. So yeah, I, I mean, music is the character in this. You yeah. know, I mean, the biography it's it's based on that music, and and I love how you said that music is a character. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed that quite I a bit. Stole that from myself because that's how I baby tell people. Driver. I yeah, stole that from myself. That's what I tell people that Baby Driver it has the I music as the main character. You. Oh, by the way, if you're not currently following Three Song Stories uh, on social media, please do. Uh, We're on Facebook at Three Song Stories, and we are also on Instagram at Three Song Stories, and we're on Spotify at Three Song Stories. Also NPR One. So guys, there are so many places that you can find us. If you like what we do, please follow along and give it a share because that just helps other people, you know, find out as well. And tell people about it. And tell people about it because the interesting thing is is that at first, I think we were having a lot of people that were listening mostly to the people who they knew. Yeah. Yeah. And we are obviously expanding way beyond that right now. So people are starting 
finding, starting to realize that just because it is somebody from Fort Myers and you live in Wisconsin doesn't mean you're not going to find something interesting about it. So I'm not telling anything you don't already know, listener, who's listening to me right now, but spread the word. Yeah, especially if you're in the far-flung areas of our, you know, of our audience because uh, it's at the beginning of the month right now. We're recording this, and so I get to see, um, like, when episodes land in weird places for us. Yeah. And so, like... Like there's somebody in the Czech Republic downloaded like this week. Um, there's uh, the Netherlands, uh, South Africa. Like this, this is great to see. Uh, they make me really happy because I don't know who that is. You know, I didn't. That that wasn't a friend of a guest, but instead just somebody running into it by yeah. word of mouth. And then cool, it's cool. I like the show. So hey, people outside of Southwest Florida, we love you. Um, okay, so the less fun version of that. Uh, was there anything that we tried to do or did do that? We'll probably not do again. Probably not do again. Nothing comes or, to mind or, immediately. Or needs real adjustment to try again. I think we could always improve um, when we do the on location. So we've done two on locations. We did Mark Davis at Nice Guys and Lee Brett Schneider at Palace Pub and Wine, both in Cape Coral. So maybe I guess just tightening that up a little bit. But honestly, there's nothing that's glaring. I was going to say, um, you know, love the palace. Can't wait to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, though, making the decision to do it at the trivia night th- during trivia night yeah. was not the best decision because there were people walking in who were like, well, what the hell's over? So we had right. people that yeah. weren't on point. I had the same. When we did it at yeah. Nice Guys, everybody that was there was like in it to win it. Mm. And uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They were in the moment, like when Mark Davis, which we'll get to his song in a oh, little yeah. bit here, um, like during that long song, it was like this intense moment oh, that yeah. we were all a part of. And while I liked the sort of background energy of the palace, it was also there were, you know, the room's bigger, the people were further away, it wasn't as intimate. So yeah, I would say that if we do, when we do it at the palace again, let's try to do it on a night they're not open if they can open for us so we can have that same dynamic. I had the exact same note yeah. was that I, I loved being there and I de- like that's so much fun that feels real good yeah um, but yeah like and I felt I, like I felt like we were also short. I felt like I was kind of imposing on at one Lee's point audience. Yeah. right yeah <laughs> like, I agree sweet, but not like this yeah. <laughs> um, so but but uh, yeah that was that was my big change for the year is that like love you Lee we're not this is not oh, no. Oh, no, it's, yeah. still, that's a, it's still a great episode it's so fun and the energy is there but that yeah. I the only thing I lacked from that as a whole was the intimacy part, especially when we'd listen to the song and we'd really get in there because half yeah. the room was invested and half was waiting for trivia. You know, I think yeah. that was the only. So, um, so I think if that's a bad note, then we're doing pretty dang exactly. good. It's a yeah. good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. Um, <laughs> trying to censor okay. myself oh. with the dang. <laughs> almost play the song. <laughs> trying to censor myself. That dang. Um, okay. No, it'll play. <laughs> okay. uh, well, speaking of. Okay. So uh, time, to get to yeah, time to our first songs. So um, I, I like this rotation. So uh, Mike. Uh, what is what's the first song from this year that it, that a guest brought into our lives that that has now become part of your life? Well, it's it's kind of a dual purpose one because sure. it's one of the first songs that came along that was the second time that we had heard it. It was Mr. Blue Sky. It was Fabiana Solano's episode. It was her first song, but it was also Doug McGregor's song in year one. Mm. Um, and so. Um, Fabiana's episode was really great. Um, she got very um, open about having some depression issues that was later covered actually in Florida Weekly. She was one of the people they talked about, and she talked about how she used music to pull herself through, and Mr. Blue Sky was the song that she chose because it's such a happy song. But then it also reminds me of Doug McGregor because I can imagine him skiing down the ski slopes listening to it because <laughs> that yeah. was his story. So when I hear Mr. Blue Skies, it ties all of that together um, in a way that, you know, I'll never not think of both of them when I hear Mr. Blue Skies, period. And that's why I brought it to the table. All right. We're going to listen to a little bit of it right here. 
hard to frown and listen to this song. As I was researching for the show, I saw that it had been by some guy right. on Reddit's algorithm de- deemed to be the happiest song you know, yeah. in the history of pop music. Did it. Song ever made. And, yeah. and which was interesting that that came up coincidentally during her episode. And also, I just want to harken back to her episode because she was the youngest person we'd ever had on the show prior to, you know, Ethan from Daisaigo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just a really great episode. It had, you know, it was one of those first bits of evidence that you don't need a lot of life experience for this 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 idea to resonate with you in a way that's yeah. uh, really interesting and revealing. So, uh, full disclosure, I, I mentioned to everybody in the room here that we should have some backup songs because we all think at least somewhat alike. There's mm-hmm. a lot of overlap in our brains and that we were probably going to have a couple songs that we both that we all three liked and this was one of them uh, i had this on my list initially until mike mentioned it um and that was because it's i mean it's a popular song it's it's like the go-to happy opening morning sequence in movies right somebody walking down the sidewalk or like skipping to the school like the, it, it's a really good establishing song <clears throat> and it's in everything and because of that everybody knows it and so i knew it but i'd never associated anything with it it was just that song that sounds like a beatles song then Fabiana came and she told us the story about it and about, you know, greeting each day with a song. And then after she did the episode, she also started talking, you know, in the media about um, depression and having to make a conscious effort to fight back against it and to, you know, not hide when you're when you're feeling that way. Um, and so that like cemented, I think, for me that when I hear this, I think of having her in here and doing the episode. And I think about that topic sometimes when I hear it. And it's just this great, um, like, I don't know if the fence is the right word, but it's a great counter to uh, the intrusion of, you know, anxiety and depression. You know, and Fabiana is such a face here at Florida Gulf Coast University as well. So I think for other people to hear that this person who appears XYZ insert whatever superficial comment just by seeing, you know, this individual and what she's involved in, that they still struggle with, you know, anxiety, depression as well. I think that that's something a lot of people don't necessarily talk about. So it's nice to get that sort of light from someone else who might be listening and seeing this individual. And it's like, oh, well, you know, those types of things are not they're not surface. They're not something you can necessarily see. Yeah. And I, and I like that it, it, it works. It works in both directions, right? Because it means that people who if you don't if if you're on the outside and you're looking at them they have everything together and everything's going great they might still be in that place mm-hmm. but it also means that people who are feeling that way can um can do something internally to push to push back against it and so cuz that's that was her like she had to you know make it part of her life right so i i, I like that it works in both directions that people you, you you might not know who needs helping but also that there's something that you can kind of do to, to push back so and i was just going to say it was one of the countless nine maybe maybe a dozen times over the course of the last year where i'll be at this in this case i was at a garage sale flipping through vinyl records and i came across that <laughs> yellow album mm. yeah. and boom boom there i am in this studio with both her and doug and uh, yeah. and then like the next album that i flipped over was um uh, the one that has load out and stay on it from oh, Jeff yeah. And so I've been, you know, I go into Goodwill and I look at CDs and as I'm looking through them, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's, you know, Jen Ray or, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? That happens so, all yeah, the time now. Yeah, yeah. I'll hear it's something like in a store and it brings crazy me. crazy context in the world around us because of the show. Yep. All right, Tara, your song. So my first song um, is from episode 76 with uh, Dr. Peter Dear Newey. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, so, yes, I was... Um, 
with Richard, if Mike's hosting, Richard yeah. and I are usually, yeah. you know, in the booth. Uh, I cried, mm. I think, his entire episode. Yeah. It hit me in, in such a way um, because Peter talks quite a bit about diversity and inclusion. Um, that's definitely his gig. Um, you know, he he came when I'm not sure when he came to the States, how old he was, but I know that he was quite he was, young. He was like mid-20s. Right, okay, he was quite yeah, young. He did college over there. Exactly. Um, and, you know, his second song is um, Bob Dylan's version of Blowing in the Wind. And he talks about how he always felt that it was a very powerful song, but later on in life, he said that it was a song um, that reminded him that people have a lot more in common than those surface-level things, that race... Um, gender, height, you know, weight, things that you just kind of see on that exterior and how important it is that differences bring out the beauty in everything. And just hearing him talk about this and describe some of the experiences that he has unfortunately had to endure and still does endure to this day, um, for some reason that that really hit me so hard. And I think I saw, I kind of sobbed into my hands a bit when I listened to his episode. And he, he kind of looked over to Mike and he related it to, to you, Mike, too. And he's like, you know, you and I have a lot more in common than I think the average person would think really deep, deep down inside. And, and it's that sort of message, that positivity and that sort of togetherness and oneness um, that society may be moving away or sort of uh, not move away, but there's an ebb and flow right now uh, of that, um, you know, and this particular song, it's just kind of wonderful. Now listening to it, I didn't necessarily take that away from this song when I'd heard it before because I've heard this song so many different times. Mm -hmm. But now when I hear it, it, it d definitely has a whole different mindset for me, you know, and then to this day, this song is so powerful to him and now is in turn uh, differently powerful to me. So he, he says in this song, um, he said, how many or how long do we have to struggle mm -hmm. for us as human beings to come up with common sense solutions? He said that quite a bit, you know, while referencing the song. Uh, and he speaks that this is, you know, a song about human rights. I previously, when I heard that song, I thought of Forrest Gump because the song is in that and then the soundtrack. And I've kind of almost added this song into that um, sort of war time songs yeah, because it's a I mean, Bob Dylan is definitely. very you know that theme so which makes sense as well you know human rights issues in, in times of war but I always thought of it as like combat war right. in battle and not necessarily the effects of mm -hmm. or people interacting and being human beings so it, to me now it has multiple meanings but I now especially you know today 2020 it's that that diversity is something that should be celebrated and not something that should, we should be fearful of. And, um, you know, his episode was very open-hearted, <sighs> very thoughtful, but also really funny. Yes. Mm -hmm. Leaves! Leaves, Mike. Mike! So many leaves! So many leaves! He talks about <laughs> eating salads. Uh, well, I first and <laughs> took notes for this. The first one I took was leaves! Leaves! So many leaves! Uh, that, please listen to his episode again. It's episode yeah, 76. Yeah. Like, I'm not even going to explain that. Go figure out what leaves are. Go feel oh, all the emotions so in his episode. Too. It is. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow. It has, oh, yeah. That episode has everything. Yeah, they could, you could write, you could write uh, like a romantic comedy style romance movie oh just about him and his wife and, oh, that, and that whole like, like yeah. that would work the Dolly Parton song got to sit on her lap everyone just yeah. go 76 go, go listen. listen to it yeah alright um, <clears throat> All right, um, it's true it's true it's Leaves. super true alright um, so my first my first song is um, 
from that live show um, at Nice Guys where we interviewed Mark Davis. Um, and uh, it's it's the song from that moment that, that you were talking about, Mike, where, you know, we, we finally got to, okay, here's your song. What is it? And he talked about, um, you know, his mother and that it's a it's something they shared and it's something that when he hears it he he thinks of her and that it keeps worming its way back into his life at at different points but also that it's it's kind of weird like the song structure Mm -hmm. is kind of weird and it's got this robotic vocal filter and um and so i was really interested to to see the audience it's a live set you know so it's where i'm interested to see how people are going to react other than just politely listening and you could hear when when we finished, aside from the quiet crying in the room, mm. like you could hear a pin drop for a song that would never elicit that. Oh, it's I got think. frisian. Yeah. That, we like to talk about that a bit. Good thing and, we turned off that, that oh. uh, Terminator pinball. Oh, it's, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you know. Well, but the lot, atmosphere, right? the atmosphere people, was, yeah. People were on the edge of their seats. And um, you would, I, I would never think of this song in that context. But now... Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's how I think about it. And, you know, Chrissy and I are, are going through, I was gonna say playing, I guess we are like, we're in Bandersnatch, um, which also the, the Netflix program, um, which is a dark mirror, uh, choose your own adventure thing and dark mirror, a black mirror. Um, mm. and the song is in there. And so it's, I mean, it's a unique song when you hear it, you hear it. And so, uh, I think that that was one of our peak live show moments of all of the live things we've done was was seeing like what would you say like 40 odd people like yeah like just leaning forward mm-hmm. and listening and watching mark you know as he reacted to this and that was his first song right that was his first song yeah it started. started out so strong and you could the, just the atmosphere in that room yeah yeah, yeah and everyone was, was listening and and as host up there on the stage next to him that was the first time we had done it that, with people who knew who we were when yes. we did the Sanibel island writers conference it was just we were they were a captive audience yeah, they yeah. Were on the writers conference they signed up nobody in the audience had ever heard our show yeah that was that moment when i realized we're we're at a bar. I'm I'm halfway through my second beer. Your mom was there. <laughs> my mom was yeah. there. My and, wife was there sitting. And, yeah. You know, and as we got started, you know, with the handhold mic mics, everything is just so different. And then you know, coming out of that song was like, oh, we got this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this is uh, Laurie Anderson. The title of the song is Oh Superman. It's from episode fifty eight uh, with Mark Davis. Oh Superman. I think that. <clears throat> that that might have been the most amount of people the quietest that they could ever be in that space. Oh, for sure. Like we were crammed in into a bar with pinball machines and arcade machines and and I mean it was just it was just us waiting to see if it was going to be Mike or Mark <laughs> talk first. Um and you know to his credit just like we say we say this a lot when guests do this um he was as a public figure, as somebody who is on stage in front of people who has a podcast of his own. Mark was really open and vulnerable mm-hmm. on song one, you know, um, and he and it was he was pretty choked up on the stage there. And I remember when I did the edit of that song and I let you hear it, Mike, I was like, I feel great that it sounds good, but I feel bad because of the way I had structured it was to hit all of the parts that he talked about. And yeah. I was like, I feel like Mark's going to get wrecked when he mm-hmm. listens, listens to, to it. it. But I was proud of the work. <laughs> so, right. Um, I, hi, Mark. Hi, listening Mark. to us right now. Hi, yeah. Mark. No Nonsense Trivia is their podcast. Look it up. Yeah. Mark. My, uh, Mark and Lee Brett Schneider have a podcast together called No Nonsense Trivia. Uh, 
all of us in this room yeah. were actually on the podcast. Richard and I did a dual uh, episode, mm-hmm. and Mike did one of his own. Canada uh, prior has to thirteen ours. provinces. Yeah. Canada has thirteen provinces, and Queenamon means Queenamon means butter and something. <laughs> Doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to those episodes too. It's a really awesome podcast. And they also both were um, cake, butter and cake, butter and cake. Yes, uh, they were also guests on our podcast as well. So again, Mark's episode was what number? Uh, Fifty-eight. And then Lee is ninety-six. Yeah, yes. both live. Yeah. Um, and I think that I think that if if we can get one moment like that in every live show, it doesn't have to be all three songs, but Oof. if we can get just, just right there, then we'll be winning. Like that's. That's I it. assure you that everyone in that room, if they hear that song, will remember that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, I'm going to change the rotation this way. Uh, mm. what, song, what song were you introduced to, Tara, um, from this year that has stuck with you? <sighs> like, was a new song? Yeah. And then you were like, ooh. So, uh, immediate, well, two immediately came to yeah. mind. The first one that came to mind, uh, I was host for Skylar Dennison's episode, mm-hmm. and he has a, it's a song called Strawberry by Paul Bereru, and it's about his daughter. <sighs> you jerk. Yeah, that's oh. mine. That's mine, too. Oh, my goodness. It's the most romantic thing I've ever heard. Me? Uh. It's the most, it, it's, it's, it's not even, it, it, the melody's real loose. Yeah. I don't even think it rhymes. It's it's poetry it's with so a little guitar cute. behind it. I think it. it's um what to say that you were cute <sighs> is to like to say a strawberry is sweet something very yeah. similar to that is just how it starts and it's oh it's so cute. It's it's like a it's like a Shakespeare sonnet. Yeah. In with with some guitar behind it and it's ooh uh, if if you can write like that gentlemen <laughs> yeah listen if you can write a thing like that and hand it to somebody you love you will you will have brownie points for at least a year like it is it was really good it was sweet the vocals are great so I'm piggybacking on that because it was my answer anyway yeah. and I couldn't remember the I remembered the strawberry part because he says it would be like saying a strawberry is sweet. I had to ask him. I'm like, yeah. how do you pronounce it in the episode? So now I remember it's Paul Bearerou. But the other one, since that's kind of yours, yeah. is Andy Howell. Um, there's a band called King Luan. <laughs> and in his episode, there's the song called <laughs> yeah, No Vampires thing. in Romania. Yeah. No vampires remaining, Romania. And I hope that you'd weave some of that song into this right here, yeah. uh, because it's absolutely hilariously fantastic. And Bonkersly talk- wonderful. Richard, we could not stop singing this song. It just was, it permeated like our being of well, all of October. <laughs> there's, there's a, there's a, the, I, what, what, what? They have no gnomes in Sweden, no vampires in uh, Romania. Yeah. It's well, hilarious. What me was, um, they have another song that mm-hmm. is, um, uh, is it Clocks or Cars or something like King that? King Luan? Yeah. Let me, oh. Hold on. This is going to be worth, um, it's Change Rearrange. And it sounds it sounds like like eighties right. pop rock. Like it sounds like such a regular song, and it's catchy, and I like really liked it. And I was like, "There's no way you would be able to know um, which band. This, like this is not the same band. It can't be." And I know we looked into the band, and it's different members at various times. Yes. And so right, that's what happened. Is um, Menudo. They Menudo. Is that how Menudo operates? <laughs> Operated. Operated, yeah. Um, I don't know. They might still be operating. <laughs> Menudo, um, if you're listening, let us know. <laughs> so I'm going to weave both of those in here cool. so that so that you can hear uh, each one of them because they don't sound alike. And that's what oh, we gosh, did. they're when, so different. When yeah. we looked it up, that's what we figured out was that um, the band uh, – so it was uh, – King Owen was a regular band, but – 
they were called something else. And then one day they did that gag thing that a lot of bands do where like everybody gets to try a different instrument than they normally play. And they called that band King Luan. King Luan as well. So it's it's a lot of fun. I hope you guys check it out. We'll have it woven through here. Um, so yeah, I guess those two, honestly, are the ones that stick out. What about you, Mike? I don't have a particular song, but in terms of music that I continue to listen to, the Shauna Caspi episode, right. um, I went and saw her play that night at the ACMA and ended up getting her music, which I've listened to quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to pivot past that. And she mentioned an artist during her episode named John Brooks, who's from Toronto. She described his music as being something like um, he, he speaks to the deepest, most important parts of humanity in a way that makes people uncomfortable sometimes. And mm. so I've checked out his music and I really, really – I listen to his Moth Nor Rust album a lot, trying to get him on the show. And so that's an example of learning something from the show that then went out into my daily listening – not daily, but, you know. He's in your rotation. He's definitely in my your rotation. Your repertoire. Yeah, so that would be cool. Cool. Yeah, Sean. We used his um, – one of his songs at the end of the Bob Hilliard episode. That's right. Yeah. And uh, and Shauna's music has become part of our our radio show that we yeah, do. Yeah, two of her instrumentals we, yes. we, we use for, for Gulf close, Coast Live. Yeah. yeah, for closing music. So that's uh, – Driver's Side and Aubrey Falls. <laughs> Sounds so good. <laughs> Hi, Shauna, if you're listening. Hi. Um, so we answered kind of both of those together. Well, I'll ask it anyway. Uh, did, did you become a fan of – of any bands after hearing them on here? Not that I can think of. Just what I just yeah, said. Yeah, other than the, s- but it's the songs I and I haven't like explored the band right. too, too much. Um, I would, I'd probably put some, that Paul Beru album on and just bounce that around and see what I, what I got from it for sure. But I just haven't done it yet. Um, Have we had 600 songs? <laughs> uh, 300. Oh, 300. Yeah. oh, 600. Yeah. yeah uh, yes, we've had 600 Suddenly I'm doing the math. I'm like, I'm just like, yeah. we've had 600 there are songs. 600 well, songs. minus maybe five duplicates yeah. or something. Yeah. Jeez. There hasn't but been a lot of crossover, which I thought was pretty cool. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> That's also, if you have discovered this, I have discovered this in our episodes. Mike does a fantastic We're gonna do wow. We're going to do a wow compilation. What I want to do is play like an Owen Wilson wow and a you wow and be like, who's who's that wow? Which Name wow? that wow. You're like um, two mirrors looking at each other. But <laughs> I found, Mike, to make you feel a little better, I say, I go, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Mm. Or, mm, you know, yeah. that, no, Mike doesn't think, hmm. he goes, hmm. I'm trying to get conscience up. Okay. Hmm. I'm trying to like think, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I'm try, I try to think about my yes. Wow. Wow. And then, <laughs> hmm. <Yeah>. Minus, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. that is yours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we all have our thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I know the answer to uh, did any songs make you cry, which is what I asked last year. I know that's a yes. Um, <laughs> So uh, what what comes to mind when I ask about, like, you know, emotional overspill, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, un, unpredictable or unpreventable emotion from the show? Peter, dear Newey's whole episode makes me cry like that. For some reason, uh, I cried in Robert Greene's as well. Uh, only, it's something about people who are describing um, unfortunate trials and tribulations that have happened to them because of other people, mm, um, mm. ignorance and hate. And I cannot abide that uh, in general. So having to listen to those those particular song stories, they hit me so very hard that I, th- I mean, I thought about 
both of their song stories um, for days hmm. um, just because they're both like that about human rights and yeah. about, you know, those types of issues. Um, yeah, that just God, I would just hands, head and face and hands Whole kind episode. of sobbing. Yeah, I'm going to cheat. OK, um, it'll be next week's episode. Yeah, it's fine. which we recorded last but it was week. Good. And, um, you know, uh, uh, Chris's story about his dad, like I'm getting choked up yeah. just right now. Like, like you'll hear when you listen to next week's episode, like me teeing up the song. Uh, I, I was I had to hold it together and I sat there and, you know, I'm feeling it right now. It was a, a really uh, deep moment. It was because it's a very human moment that he was sharing and he's an old friend of mine. And, and so it all just really came together. Yeah. Um, uh, I had a few. Uh, that had choked me up. Um, I'm trying to zero in on one just flipping um, because I write these and then I don't think about the answers. <laughs> so, um, um, Welcome to my world. Yeah, no, I did, yeah, I, well, I intentionally put myself on, on that wall. Um, we'll edit this out. <laughs> no, we won't. No, we won't, yeah. Um, Meatbird. 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 Meatbird I haven't our, thought about Meatbird since last year. Meatbird is our, Mike and I like to yell it down ma- the hall. Is our, it's our uh, mascot. It's yeah, Meatbird, if a, we were a band. It's the band. It's the band name. It would be it's our band. It's written on my door at WGCU <laughs> where people that are professionals walk by and go, I wonder why it says Meatbird. Meat Has anyone asked you? No. no. I bet no one even wonders. No. They're just our, like, all right. It's part of our brand. All right. That's Mike. <laughs> That was me that wrote that. And too. it started from you, you. Did I find it or did you find uh, it? So what I was looking it was at a on Instagram, of like, um, it, was it was sushi a bird art made of meat. It was sushi art, oh, right. and yeah. it, I showed it to to Mike, and I was looking at an Instagram account. It was sushi art. It was really cool, and he just like that's just a meat bird. <laughs> and I said that is that is our three song stories band name. So there's a little bonus uh, content while Richard mulls over what song made him cry. <laughs> that was what I wrote on my notes after leaves leaves <laughs> meat. Bird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Richard, tell us what made you cry. Um, yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think his own question. I love this. Well, it's hard because I'm flipping by names, right? I should. I should have put, oh. put all the. Um, I should have put all the uh, things. We might edit this out. I'll, I'll. I'll make it an appropriate amount of cutting. Yeah, you know what? I'm. I'm gonna say that I can remember throughout the year being in that booth you know do you know one um mayor henderson's second song that's what i just thought about yeah um God, he had his hands his head in his hands he was literally sobbing, was sobbing. when we were listening um, to the song I, we had you and i in the booth richard talked that we weren't sure if we should we, intervene we in some way close to like do we need to change what we're doing right now because yeah uh, it was um yeah it, it was it was a song without spoiling too much of the episode um about you know uh, potential family loss and um, coming through it on the other side, and and uh, it it hit him in the story like a ton of bricks. And you could tell when he told it, and when when we re-listened to that song, that like it it was so transportive for him that it was he might as well have just been back in time, and it was such a big um, a big moment through his lens that like we were all floored by it too 
All right. So we are to our second songs. Second song. So Tara, you're up. Okay. Uh, what is your second song? My my second song is uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. Uh, we'll switch to a little, you know, a little levity here. Uh, so episode 80 is Lisa Sibitoni. Spitoni. Spit- Spitoni. Okay. Sorry, my bad. Uh, episode 80 I is Lisa Mike. Spitoni. Uh, so Paradise <laughs> by the Dashboard. I can remember the pr- pronouncer she sent me. Oh, perfect. So she said she had a hard time picking um, her song, too, because there are so many that came to her mind, you know, for her. She was kind of like grown up in the 80s. There was a lot of significant songs that came up in her life in those sort of formidable years. Uh, But what she loved and thought about to help her with her decision was the concept of our show. That kind of kept her on track. So she said that it evoked emotion. Uh, It's supposed to evoke emotion and not history. So that's that's kind of the whole premise uh, of it. She talks about where she used to sing and dance the song at the top of her lungs, but she was in a car. Let's see what she... I have it written down. Mm. She was uh, in a red Chevy convertible that had flames on it. So it's like, what song better to listen to Meatloaf's Paradise by the Dashboard Lights uh, than a f***ing red... Oops. Red Chevy convertible (laughs) uh, with... flames on the side like that is so perfect Uh, but to kind of bring it into context we talk about it too I was in there singing my like lungs out to that song because there are so many parties that we've had uh, Mm. just my personal group of friends where that song would somehow find its way and all of us would just wind up singing at one another you know just having the best time with my friends so we have a very similar song story uh, albeit a little bit different details, but it's that same story. And people say that again and again, you know, with the concept of the show, you know, how it, that will bring them to a particular time and a place with a different song. So yeah. it was kind of neat that we have uh, we had a very similar experience. Uh, and it's like, how can you not scream, sing the song with your friends? I mean, if you can't, then I guess you and I can't be friends. Ooh, yeah. Sorry. It's meatloaf. It's me. Like- I can get it. I don't really like meatloaf, though. The, the food really I mean it's fine <laughs> or or the, the artists particularly yeah. but I, I'm, I'm not necessarily like an avid fan but it's like that song and all seven eight minutes of it I mm-hmm. think I, I love that song from start to finish so it was cool to see uh, someone else have an experience with it too maybe someday Meat Bird could open for Meatloaf oh my god Bing. singing Paradise by the Dashboard Lights <laughs> <laughs> we could be a Meatloaf cover band yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we only know one song <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. yeah, so that was my song too. Um, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. Will you love me forever? Let me sleep on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it's a, a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, I it's funny. Mike and I today we're got completely separate from anything that we were gonna do in here. We're talking about uh, we we heard Greece. Um, we heard um, Summer uh, Loving. Summer Loving at the uh, Einstein Bagels. Yeah, and we were ta- well, we were just talking about Terry Gag. <laughs> she gagged. Um, but we were we were talking about. I was like, wait a second. Was Grease Lightning and Summer Loving and all those things <laughs> like were those? Did they exist before this movie? And no, right? They're made yeah, for. Yeah. But like. In the, for a late seventies movie, they nailed like that 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 style, and that Milo song feels like that to me. Too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's just really solid, like oldies sound to me. Um, all right, Mike. Oh, I mean, yeah, me. Song two. Song two. Oh, I thought you were. I thought we were going to go that way. <laughs> oh no, I can go that way. Okay. Um, you can go your own way. 
go. You know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. Uh, you can go with this. Or you can go, <laughs> you with, can that. go with that. One of the um, one of the episodes that we did this year was with a gentleman named Bob Hilliard or Robert Hilliard. He the lives legend. on Sanibel. He's a he's a local legend, but his legendariness extends well beyond Southwest Florida. Um, he served in World War II was instrumental in saving quite a few people who had been in, um, they were Jewish people who had been released from concentration camps and they weren't be taken care of, uh, being taken care of. Uh, he, he wrote a letter, wound up on the president's desk. That was just like him when he was 21. Uh, he went on to become the uh, the chairman of the Federal Communications Commission during the time when the Public Broadcasting Act was signed. Uh, he was a university president at two different president uh, universities. He's written plays. He's written books. He's written like 40 books. He's just a legend. And he's in his 80s. Um, and he came in and did the episode and his um, – I don't know if it was his first or his second song. It was April in Paris. Mm. Um, and he tells the story about how his mom was from Paris. He had never been to Paris. He wound up uh, as a new recruit heading off to war, World War II. This is definitely like right before the Battle of the Bulge because that's where he was heading next. Mm-hmm. And he was walking down through Paris the one day he was in town and he came around a corner and the, there was this band that was playing April in Paris. And it was a song that he always associated with his mom. And suddenly he's in Paris and he tells this story. And I swear I can see that scene in my head yeah. right now. Yes. Whatever. The, it's imaginary, but I can see it. And I don't even have – I don't even remember what version we used of the song. I mean, Mm-mm. it's one of those songs that's been done a bunch of times. But I'm also – not only can I see it, it was such a powerful moment in that episode. It was such a powerful episode. But I assure you, someday I'm going to walk down the streets of Paris and that song is going to pop on. Yeah. I know it. You're going to make it happen. I'm going to make it happen. I love that. I'm putting it out there right now and it will come back. I can I can hear him telling the story too when I think about this song story in particular. It's, it's his voice. Yes, and he sang it. He's, he's, he's it got for this us. childness, child. He's got this childlike <sighs> quality in his voice. It's just. Oh. It was fabulous. So what's amazing is, we asked him to do this show. He's. 85 or 86 years old, he searches his memory banks, and he winds up in Paris in 1943 when he's 20 years old. And all these years later, all these decades, decades later, when he hears that song, he's transported back to Paris while he's heading off to the Battle of the Bulge. And that's just – that's the magic that this show – gets to tap into. Yeah. And I remember when he was talking about hearing it and he sang it for like April in Paris. And you could tell like while the words were coming out that he wasn't here. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, and um, I also remember him remembering um, a little jingle of a tune that he heard when he said uh, he had landed over there um, of a song called. Mare's Dotes. Well, it's not Mare's Dotes. It's Mare's, like the the horse, Mare's Eat Oats. Because the verse goes, mares eat oats and goats eat oats and little lambs eat ivy. A kid eat ivy too, wouldn't you? Wow. It's like this little – it sounds like the – um. what are the, the sisters who sing uh, Bugle Boy, uh, Boogie Woogie Boogie Boy? The something si- – oh. Andrew, the Andrews sisters. Yeah. So it goes, mares eat oats and goats eat oats and little lambs eat ivy. Huh. Yeah. Um, and the reason – like, yeah, I really liked – I mean, that was a fun moment and I found it and I played it in the episode under him. But also – because literally the next episode um, was um, 
was our harp lady, Barbara Fisher. Barbara, Barbara Fisher. Fisher. Yeah, and she mentioned it. Yeah, and she had definitely had. <laughs> and heard. we had recorded her episode before that was well out. before yeah. Bob's came out. Yes, you called me into the office. And yeah. It was just this one little throwaway line during you her episode. Almost couldn't hear it. That that had we not. Um, had we not had him refer to it during the show, we wouldn't have noticed it. I would never heard. Show. I wouldn't yeah. have known what the term Mersey Dotes yeah, meant. Yeah, like, right. she, she mentioned it kind of under her breath, and I was like, Yeah, that was what? one of those little magical synchronicities. Yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, so my my third song or my second song is um, was from uh, episode sixty five. That's um, Kyle Ann's episode, um, and uh, that was really fun for me because she's been in here before. She's played before, um, and so like I, I knew Kyle Ann from producing, but. You know, I didn't know her very well. And as I got to know her over the course of the episode, I was like, oh, there's a lot of synchronicity here. And um, uh, I think this was her first song. Um, it's uh, uh, to Zanarkand. It's this, uh, it's this song by um, uh, Nobu Uematsu, the composer for, like, all the Final Fantasy songs. Yeah. And it's, it's a story about... <laughs> yeah. See? <laughs> I'm <twist>. like... <laughs> um, it's... It's uh, it's this song um, from from Final Fantasy X, and the you know Kalan talked about how, you know she she was so in love with those games, and and she was playing piano, and you know you couldn't it wasn't internet times, so you couldn't just find the sheet music online and print it. You had to order it, and she had to order it in Japanese because that was the only people who had sheet music for it. And uh, we grabbed, so we grabbed a piano composition of it by somebody named uh, Hikaru Shirosu is the, is the performer here. Um, and yeah, I just, I mean, I really like games and game music and then uh, this song. So this was kind of one of those, like last year where we talked about this. This is one that I knew, I had heard it, I had played a little bit of the game, so I knew it, obviously. Like, But since then, I hear this. Um, on you know on my video game music mix or if I'm in um, like a game store or didn't something. it come up when we played D and D we were playing D and D and it popped it up. came on yeah. yeah like so like I I hear this song sometimes in my mix and it's no longer that Final Fantasy song that I know it's Kyle Ann's song Kyle's second song yeah that yeah. she plays with her music and with a piano and um, I really love that um, because I, I really like the reframing of stuff that we already know because of the show. So um, this is uh, uh, to Zanarkin. I need to reflect on that song real quick. Yeah. I'm not a gamer. I haven't played Final Fantasy X. But I know from watching you two or share that moment mm. that there's something about that song and there's a princess, and something mm-hmm. happens, yeah. and it's super heavy and impactful. Yeah. So I know all that by association, even though I've never even played the game. Well, you know, it's it's one, it's good, it's good composition. Yeah. Right. Like he tells a story with just musical notes, um, but also, um, I mean, I remember you you communicating this to me. Uh, I when we got to that part of the episode, I also played for her. Uh, the main theme from Final Fantasy VII and Eris' theme from Final That's Fantasy VII. That's what I'm remembering. Yeah, and yeah. you saw you saw her eyes like bug out. Oh and we, yeah, we both like took deep breaths in. Yeah, like had to hold it together. It's a big moment in That's the game. That's so demonstrative of the power of gaming. You well, know what I mean? And, it's yeah. one of those moments that makes me go, ah, I should probably check out. Final games. Fantasy games are known for their absolutely beautiful storytelling, intricate stories, but then also, oh my goodness, those visuals, especially for the time as well. But even today, there's a new Final Fantasy game coming out. Yeah, 15 and then the next one. Yeah, so, um, and... and That is not new to that franchise. 
uh, those moments are it's chock full of those moments, and Uematsu is uh, really a master at at composing songs that that make you feel that way. Like like uh, I would say he's it, it, it's kind of like what John Williams does here for film. He Uematsu is really good at creating a theme that carries story inside of it, and then later when you hear it, you're like, oh, I remember feeling that. Which I guess is kind of what our show does anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, all right, uh, going back the other way again, Mike. Uh, what new thing did you learn from the show about someone that you already knew? Ooh. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. These are great Ooh. questions, Ooh. Richard. Thank you. God, that's, that's <laughs> a really hard question. Because um, like, I've, I've, you know, I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Like, nothing <laughs> sure. leaps immediately to mind. There's sure. just such a sea of people that I kind of already knew. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, like most of the guests are people who I at least know through the community somehow. So I have an sure. impression of them. Talk, talk to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Kim, it was the first episode I ever hosted. Uh, yeah. Kim Hudson's episode again. Uh, I ha- I've known Kim since we were in high school, mm-hmm. and I had no idea who Dwight Yoakam was or the fact that I mean I should have assumed that country music. Um, is like her base level of music. But, <laughs> she builds all of her music on top of country. Yeah, but yeah. I never, I never knew that about her. Like knew, knew, knew that. I think if you would have asked me, I would have said like, I don't know, probably pop and classic rock, something mm-hmm. along those lines, mm-hmm. because that's what makes sense. But I actually didn't know that there was little Kim, and she's going to a Billy Ray Cyrus concert, yeah, her song was and her Heart. Icky Breaky Heart was her first <laughs> song. So I, I never, ever, ever, ever would have pegged that to be. Uh, her song ever cool. So I I, yeah, I love that uh, someone that I have been best friends with for over a decade. Uh, I learned something completely new about her. Um, I also became friends with one of our guests. Be- I think because of the show, uh, Claire Liparillo. Uh, yeah. We'd never really hung out uh, much, but just oh, listening. You guys hang out now. Yeah, okay. and we're friends now. Um, we have a lot of similarities. Um, just hearing her biography through music um, as people and and situations and things that we've gone through. Um, just as young women um so it was pretty interesting to hear hers and and her song that she played for us i wish i would have um looked up what that was um as as the parting tune she had her guitar and everything and she played mm, for us i cannot remember the name of that song oh um it just made me realize uh, i think i could actually be friends with this person we, th- we say that a lot like did we just become best friends yeah. with this person you know by hearing their songs and things but she's actually someone that i came out of the show and we actually now are friends yeah so that's kind of cool i have an, ep- uh, an answer now yeah what let's is hear it? It. uh so cat apple yeah, um, We've known uh, Kat Kat, for a long time. I've known Cat for a long time. Uh, back to the, the late '90s when I was working at Liquid Cafe downtown, she was part of the scene. In my head, she's always just been cool Cat Apple who plays flutes and different tribal native instruments from around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I knew she was cool. I knew she won some Emmys for something like some sort of song work with TV or something. But she's so understated, and she's not like, ooh, look at me, I'm Cat Apple. So even though I'd been around her for decades, uh, I sit down to talk to her for the show, and I'm like, oh, you were a pioneer in electronic music back in the 70s and early 80s with a band called Emerald Webb that put out 13 albums. You did the soundtrack for Carl Sagan's mm-hmm. Cosmos. Yeah. Um, you, oh, you mean you hung out with Robert Rauschenberg on a daily basis for years and years and years and were one of the people who traveled with him around the world? Played with Devin Townsend. Didn't know any of those things. About and his Apple. album, yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's definitely one where somebody who I kind of thought I knew, but I didn't know. Don't sleep on Cat Apple. Yeah, there's so much more underneath there that came out because of the show and the way we do things. Cool. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think mine, mine is um, 
Neil Voltz. Um, because I've known Neil for quite a while and we're not like like super buddies or anything, but like I've known him and I, you know, we talked. And, uh, so when we had him in here, uh, to find out that he was, um, uh, participating in maybe leading, um, a Bible study with Bono as a member. And I was like, he he pondered stealing his, he thought about it. I, I told him that I would (laughs) have. And, I mean, it would have made sense to me. Uh, but I like, have sunglasses. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, you know, I knew I knew he I knew he was a big YouTube fan, and, and I assumed he had seen them. But like, like he he's hung out with Bono. Um. So that was that was something new for me for somebody that I knew pretty well. Um. And. Uh, and uh, another one is um, Luke Flannery. Um, who I in my head still think of as Luke Martin <laughs> right. is well. This is it. Is that I I never knew Luke like the origins of those names and that you know. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Luke's, yeah. Luke's mom is Filipino. So I always assumed that Martin wasn't her name, but I knew her dad's name was Flan. His dad's name is Flannery. So I was like, oh, maybe she has a, a Western last name. So maybe her mom, his mom's name is Martin. And when he uh, became a citizen, changed his name over. He asked his dad about it, and he was like, "No, that's our family name is our family name is Flannery, and Martin was just something we picked." Hmm. So he was like, "Well, I want I want the same name." So he's yeah, yeah, he's Flannery, and um, and I never knew that, and I I never knew why he changed his name, and I never knew the origins before that, and so that was something cool to find out. Hmm. Um, and uh, I have about a fifty percent success rate saying Luke Flannery nowadays. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, He'll always be Luke Martin to me. I mean, it's Luke. in my head. Yeah. So, which guest did you feel uh, simpatico with, Tara? There are quite a few. Um, Claire came to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Barbara Fisher. Her so quirky and yeah, cool and did. talented. As soon as she was here, you were like, I like her. Yeah. It was something about her energy. She brought us cupcakes like you know like pumpkin yeah and it just she's very sweet individual a very kind and talented person as a whole and i very much enjoyed uh listening to her Uh, i guess i will also reference claire again we became Mm. you know friends because of that there's there are kind of there's a bunch of people i think i could just go through the list and say like i'm gonna say at least almost half of them right (laughs) i mean of this entire year um you know uh barbara um I know her as uh, Sadie in the Afternoon. Oh, Barbara German. Barbara, Barbara German. German. Yeah. Uh, most people know her as that. Uh, this week's episode. Sadie. Yeah, I think that we yeah, we all, definitely all of us kind of clicked. We with definitely her. had like a cool kind of vibe yeah. going off there. I think we could definitely be best friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michael David Newland. Yeah. yeah. He um, he's my kind of weird. I guarantee you that if the two of us were in each other's proximity, oh I would gosh. I would hang out with that dude. Be best um, friends. Yeah, he. I don't know. I don't know what episode he was, but he's uh, he's the adventurer slash acoustic singer songwriter from um, Coburg, Ontario, which is about an hour to the east of Toronto. Um, um, he we did his episode remotely. He spends a lot of time way up around the Arctic Circle, leading people on these tours, and um, one of his songs was about. You know, being in a truck, you know, getting high with the guy who he was working to plant trees <laughs> yes. with, and oh, and, yeah, naked. Yeah, well, the riding, guy was naked. The... the guy was naked on the on the four wheeler, yeah. except his boots. And then they got in the car, and he made him roll up a joint while they listened to his second song. And yeah, David Newland and I would be simpatico in in, in the first person, I'm yeah. sure. He fits in our uh, our. Um... 
uh, we're big in Canada. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's part of our incremental steps toward being bigger in Canada. Yeah, I'm going to look up the number. Which has 13 provinces. Which has 13 <laughs> or nine, I guess, depending, depending on. Depending upon how you ask. Uh, I'm just going to look up his number real quick because I want people to be able to find it easily. Um, David Newland is episode 66. Okay. Okay. Um, so the obvious one for me would, would be Luke Flannery, um, but that's not really news because we're simpatico like all of yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I was like, no. Yeah. Um, so uh, for me, it was Lee, uh, Lee Brushneider. Um, that so makes a lot of sense. The, you know, the, the other live one, um, that was not that long ago. So I'm going to look up here by the top of the list. Lee's episode is episode 96. Tara mm-hmm. knew that earlier. Um, and uh, he and I, you know, had never run into each other. So like because because Luke and Mike Cosden like because of their their ice cream coffee shop that they owned, there was like a nexus of people. Oh, and so like I knew Mark. I still miss of. Cool Hand. I miss Cool Hand. <laughs> anyway, I um so so like I knew some of those people, but I had never met Lee. Um and when we had him, we you know, we started talking because uh, we did Mark's episode and we chatted through correspondence for the show. So like I was like, oh, this seems like a cool guy. But, like, when we did his episode, every moment from when he came for the mic checks to till done, I was like, Lee is a person who I'm friends with. I just never met him yet. Yep. Um, and uh, I loved when Tara and I went over to uh, his house. Yeah. <laughs> he and, he and uh, Kyle's house uh, to do um, uh, No Nonsense. Uh, that was really great. Um, and I feel like that energy of, like, Man, I understand you, and you understand me, and we haven't talked very much about it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, we know that we could be best friends. We just haven't done anything about it yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he's also one of the only other people who appreciates, like, nerd rap <laughs> with me so we can sit around and do that. Like, it's, a, it's an unloved genre. Lee's mustard rap. His um, mustard rap. It's that's in so there. Fun. I have it. Yeah, Let's, uh, we can play a little. Yeah. Let's uh, just get to I that now. That. Uh, so there is a video that we have on our Facebook slash also Instagram uh, three song stories that you can see uh, a little, you know, so, audio video there. You have a song? Yes, I have can a mustard throw, rap. Can you throw one bar from your mustard rap? My, my granny used to tell me that the yellow was yeah. for suckers. She'd slap the classic out of my hand to produce her favorite mustard. When I saw it had a greenish tint, I knew it was Dijon. She corrected, not just any Dijon, this is Grey Poupon. She put it on her hot dog. She put it on her pizza. She put it on her grape nuts and became my new teacher. <laughs> it was like my eyes were open for the very first time eating mustard on my Lucky Charms, the feeling that's sublime. <laughs> Thank you. You rhymed mustard with sucker. It's yes. a slant rhyme. Okay, okay. It's a slant rhyme. Yeah. Slant, slant. Right, right. Okay. I love okay. that so much. Uh, <laughs> you rhymed uh, mustard with, with sucker. sucker. Yeah. One of the other uh, simpatico nesses that I will call out were the pe- they were at that um, recording was Joe and Jesse Latchett from uh, the, the people who made our t-shirts. Oh, I hang out with them, too. We have t-shirts if you yeah, we have, know yeah. that, folks. Um, but you just, have to be just here to buy the, You know, they both, and both of their songs and their stories were, you know, in some ways distilled. I guess you could distill it down to, you know, doing things my way. Mm. And, and, and you know, not like a oh, it's my way, but like I want to have this sort of low key organic approach to life that's very proactive and, and do things a certain way and not you know be swayed by the broader culture. Mm. And I, dig I it. feel like yeah, that's that's my my vibe deep down too. I keep trying to get Joe and my boyfriend Colin to be best friends. I mean, they totally they've played music together already and done a couple things, but it's just like this mastermind plan I sort of have. <laughs> I really, uh, I I really liked their their third song um, with the the two versions of the Adam Sandler song. Oh, 
yes. from the wedding singer and from his life stand up. That got me choked up. That, yes. Yeah, that's what I was That's yeah. a good emotional I moment. I forgot about that. And, you know, if you put that on paper for me, like, will Ugh. this choke you up? I put it like, probably not. But, like, actually listening to him uh, sing in the second half mm-hmm. of all the things that she's been with him through yes. and the audience and how much he loves that. Like, I got, I got. Uh, choked up from from that too, so that was actually really sweet. And they were they were staring at each other. Oh my gosh! And it's so cute. They're holding hands. Yeah. And, uh, but if I had to choose a guest that I would hang out with, yeah, that I would love to hang out with, it would be Tim McBride. I think we'd be remiss uh, if we didn't mention I Tim McBride's at some point in this episode. episode. We're gonna close yeah. the episode with oh. his uh, with his Tim thing. McBride song will be a parting tune. Yeah. So that. well, then let's wait. We'll okay. talk about it a little yeah, bit yeah. as we get approached. But he's I would I would hang out with him, but I would need um, supervision. <laughs> like I would, I would need a buddy yeah. or like a friend because we, I feel like that. Yeah, we could hang out yes. with him, Tara. Like I feel like <laughs> I feel like who knows what yeah. would what, what like would happen in in that kind of a hangout. Uh, so yeah, I just know like shenanigans uh-huh. galore. Uh-huh. So I need to bring a Mike Canary. I just when I think of him, Sorry. I don't actually think of him. I think of Mickey Rourke. He, oh my gosh. In like, the, Tara and I were writing. In the biopic. Yeah, we were writing the biopic trailer in the booth and we were like, oh, look, you just get Mickey Rourke and go like, don't change a thing. Just, don't change, just, just be you. Just be you. We'll get a boat and we'll do <sighs> this shot. Like, it's, he. <laughs> so. Um, how he did his one, two, three when I filmed oh it for God. our Instagram. Yeah. And how he's just, this like smoldery, like stare look that this swagger that this dude just has about him. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get there. What a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, I think uh, I think it's time for our third songs. Uh, so we'll go back the other way again, Mike. Your third song. My third song is uh, "Be Home," which was David Mayfield. Yeah. Uh, who was episode one hundred? Um, he was an out of towner that came through. It was the song that he played on his guitar at the end of the episode, so it was his parting tune. Um, but I want to bring it around full circle because we kind of allude to it a little bit during that episode, but. I saw him play at the Alliance for the Arts back, you know, maybe eight, nine years ago when he had David Mayfield Parade. I wound up on his mailing list. I wound up finding him on Facebook. Like three years ago, he puts out a Kickstarter. Um, I get on the Kickstarter for a T-shirt and an album. Don't hear back from him for two years. It suddenly shows up in my mailbox, um, and it says, you know, I gave David Mayfield money on the internet, and all I got was this silly bluegrass album. And I'm like, okay, great. I don't really like bluegrass. But I put it in, and it got my attention, and the sixth song was this song that wasn't really bluegrass at all, and it just seemed to have, like, there's something about it that was, like, it was heartfelt, it was touching, it was sort of... um, Searching, mm-hmm. but also be home. It was like arriving home and looking for home at the same time or something. And there was just something about it that got my attention. And that was kind of what kept me listening to the album till I got completely hooked on the entire album. Jim Griffith from the City and Burn Davis Art Center and the Naples Symf- Symphony Orchestra did this show. He mentioned he likes bluegrass. I followed up with him afterwards and said, hey, you should listen to this. He got taken away by this bluegrass Kickstarter. He finds David Mayfield online. He invites him to Fort Myers to do a show at the Sydney and Burn Davis Art Center. We bring him in that morning before the show. And during that episode, I mentioned that song in particular. And he says, because he had told the story about how he had kind of given up on the career of music. He was kind of like, I'm just going to move back home and I'm going to start a recording studio. And I said, what is it about this song? And he said, that's the first song that I wrote when I started writing songs again. And I just had this like, wow, 
like what a arc that is. And then at the end when he said, you know, I'm going to play a parting tune and he played that, I'm sitting here in the studio and it's just like, I mean, it's, it, there's nothing more full circle than that moment right there. And now when I go back and listen to his album, which he's now released as an album called Boy Howdy, when I get to that song, it's like it's all there. All of that story is in that song. Hmm. That was such a cool show, too, when we went. Um, so that night was our yeah. WGCU post-holiday celebration. And then we walked from Millennial Brewing downtown Fort Myers to Sydney and Burn, Where he was doing the show. Where he was doing the yeah. show. And we did the episode that day. So it was just really neat. And we sang and danced in the Sydney and Burn atrium. Mike has video yeah. uh, of we that. So, share that. No. Adjacent oh, my God. Yeah. It's me dancing. No. Um, which also, is great, by also, the way. It's, 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 uh, it's visual evidence that he is country. Tom, oh, like right. our mutual friend uh, Tom uh, Sparks, Sparks, yes. Like he is just uh, David Mayfield is just like a shorter, <laughs> countrified version of him. It's as, just a lot of fun. As, yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a really good. Uh, episode and that song I made it into a video that we have. Yeah. Uh, you can check it out on our Instagram. Uh, IGTV do, yeah, do, and then it's the whole, yeah it's yeah. on YouTube or on um, I'm sorry our Facebook as well uh, yeah it's just God that song was stuck in my head I still sing it randomly it's too nice. mm-hmm. yeah. and I like that version that he played I love that the album version is very nice but something about the one he played here just the acoustic in him mm-hmm. I enjoyed that kind of stripped down version of it too well, let's give it a listen summer called to travel blaze a new frontier Watch the road unravel like a string around their ears And they love when that feeling calls them This gets my head spinning like the wheels that brought me And I'd love to see a place where we can finally be home. The fire has all but died, but the show it must go on. So these old hollow eyes will fake it through another song. Just hold my hand, love. Show this man what it feels like to be young before we blink and it's all I'd love to see a place where we can finally be home. And what's crazy is, is, um, you know, you get a new album, you listen to it, and you don't really hear the words yet. Like, you hear some of the words, mm-hmm. but you don't see them coming yet. But, the, you know, once you've listened yeah. to it two or three times through, you kind of start seeing the words coming or hearing the words coming. And I can remember exactly where I was when I, when that song first, like, got my attention. Where? I was pulling into the Winn-Dixie parking lot at the end of Treeline. <laughs> yeah. I just remember, like, when I was listening to that then, I just was – I was in my Subaru pulling into the Winn-Dixie parking lot going, wow – 
I just, yeah, I can remember that moment. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't Gwen, your daughter, also, she, didn't she really like that? Oh, no. She hates bluegrass. Yeah, she hates but it. that's not bluegrass. Not, oh, okay. She never got okay. that far. I was, that was a different. Yeah. No. Was, oh, was it a Shauna Cassidy thing? I thought you introduced her to something and she got. Oh, no, it was the other thing that David Mayfield does called the Cave Twins. That's what it was. Which is more like, you know, like something you'd hear in a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> which is totally her flavor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so can you tell the story real quick about him, uh, his, uh, how do I want to say this? His stage entrance. Oh. <laughs> We're at the Sydney and Burn Davis Arts Center. We're standing in the back at some high tops. Yeah. And we're probably the, practically the only people in there that really know what might be coming. And he comes, the, Melissa DeHaven gets up. She's like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, David Mayfield. And everybody's like, and then he just comes running from the back, the side entrance, like full speed ahead, <laughs> dives headfirst onto the stage into a forward somersault, which lands right in front of his guitar, which he picks up uh-huh. and strums and starts playing and it's just like yeah. it was yeah. like, it was so fun it was so fun and we're in the back hooting and hollering you yeah. know as you should at a hoot and holler because that's yeah. what that was there was banjo <laughs> for crying out <laughs> there was a lot of oh hoot. there was a lot of, and that was just, we're like hell yeah, yeah and just like going and then but the audience was i think responding a bit more too and felt almost okay to respond we and were, hoot and holler based on our you guys were making it okay our hoot and hollering so. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that. about David Mayfield a lot after his episode. Yeah. In general, yeah. Um, the stories that he told, his music, I think, and because I ha- I I got his album actually at the mm-hmm. show, uh, and then I you know listening to it and then editing that video um, and listening to that song over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it definitely stuck with me for a lot. And that song, I sing. Con- it just comes to my it's head all song. the time. Plus, we were we were right back in that space, uh, uh, like a week or two after, right? Because we went to Puddles. Yes. Um, as a kind of as a group, we went to go see yeah. Puddles Pity Party. Puddles, Puddles Pity, Party. Pity Party in the same room. Yeah. And, ah, Kevin Costner. Kevin Good Costner. Good times. Um, so, uh, on the topic of stage entrances, Tara Callaghan, what is your <laughs> <laughs> professional wrestling? Uh, entrance music. And while you bring it up there, I'm just going to remind her. Yeah, so Tara threw me this question in the middle of an episode, um, and we added it. That just kind of apropos of nothing, just, hey, yeah, it's a good question. Let's add it. <laughs> and then we're just like, that's a that's a standard question now. So what is your uh, ring entrance so music? I'm a wrestling fan. Yes. Uh, that is not a secret, but I guess it is. A lot of people didn't really know that about me. Um, but my professional wrestler entrance theme song is a song called Flamethrower by a band called Gate Creeper. It is badass, I'm going to beat you down kind of music. Like when you listen to it, you kind of want to brood around mm. and like stomp and have your hands in a fist you know, kind of going off. Um, so I just think, you know, especially for a female wrestler, uh, yeah, I want a tune that, that you know that I'm going to beat the f- out of you and do not f- with me when I'm coming down that you know ramp up into that ring and you know that it's going to be uh, a f- spectacle. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> I felt a Mike's going to say <laughs> something. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Question from the audience. You go, girl. <laughs> what year is it? You go, girl. So yeah. Um, so my we, song. Oh. Do, do you want to listen to a part, a little part of it? Yeah, we'll listen to it. Yeah. So go, go, I'll go. Play go. Oh. I'm in the room. And okay. I'll edit, I'll edit the show. Right. Yeah, yeah, that'll clear a ring. So that's music I listen to on a regular basis. <laughs> um, but yeah, I imagine pyrotechnics. I imagine the whole situation. That place would be on their feet. And I love the fact that it's also yeah, we'll going start, to be a woman. We we'll start with that riff. The yeah. Yeah. 
I love it. That's a great answer. Thanks. That's solid. All right. Now I'm super, <laughs> super anticipating this. Who, what? Yours. Mine, I'm going a different direction with it. It's <laughs> April in Paris. No, it's, <laughs> it's, this is a song which, if you two didn't know me, and hopefully you listeners have figured this out by now, I am extremely disconnected from the popular culture. Yeah. Which, like, <laughs> extremely. And I only recently, because hmm. of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, have been like exposed to this song. And it's really been resonating with me and going through my mind a lot lately in a way that I can't make it stop. I'm really excited. So I've decided – and the reason, the reason I think I picked this too is because – We're just I, laughing. I don't know why. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, they were talking to a baseball player and he, he talked about a teammate of his who was in a slump. So he changed his song that he came out to to this and it got him out of his slump. And so I don't know. So ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, tell us what it is. No. Oh, no. all right. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I know what it is. I know the – I know what this is. I – I've never actually seen the video. This is the first time I've seen the video. Is this how the song starts? Yes. I've never heard the beginning before. What is this? this? Is how I'm good, really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no! I've got my whole life without hearing this <laughs> song. No! No! I hate you all! We're leaving this audio here. No! <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that makes sense though. Mike. That makes sense Oh, I've never heard this long into it either. Yeah. Like, There's a grandma? Family. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's my. <laughs> so, so, one, we got a lot to unpack here. One. <laughs> Mike would definitely be like that joke wrestling character, <laughs> right? Can we all agree? Mike would be the I- ironic character. In the, just in like our... a shark. You don't messed me up because <laughs> I have gone this long yeah. without you made ever, ever hearing that song on purpose. Because so, I was like, I just... It's only I, been within the last three weeks. I, choose, I, found... <laughs> I chose to not participate in that pop culture thing. that you were talking about. And you forced it upon me. Yeah, um... So, so that's a that's a weird experience. <laughs> Baby Shark is a weird experience for me, actually, in my life because when I was uh, in like middle school, that was a camp song, and the cadence was different. But it was a hundred percent like it went, Baby Shark, do 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 do, Baby Shark, do do, and but it was the same song, Mama Shark, do, and and so like, then you know that's middle school. So I'm a long way from middle school, and then all of a sudden it's like. It's taking the internet by storm. This one saw and like and it's everywhere and it's got billions of views and I was like, doesn't everybody know this? Like like I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Right. I'm upset because there's this song that no one's heard. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 there's all those graphics I, that have I, the do do do's, the do do do, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. Ha ha ha. And I liked knowing, but now I know what the cadence of the stupid do 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 <laughs> if, if it makes you feel any better, it was like twenty. It? it was like twenty sixteen when um, I first heard uh, "What Does the Fox Say." Like I managed. Oh God, to avoid, no! I managed to dodge that. I one. still also don't know one, that. Good. Oh, We're not doing you, it. Uh, no, because I don't know that one either. Next year. Frick. Yeah. That one I don't know. It's gonna happen. Gwen brought that up a while back. I'm like, don't know it. She started singing. I was like, no. It's it's pretty good actually. Okay, so Baby Shark. <laughs> What's your song, Richard? My song. My song. Yeah. Baby I, Shark. I, 
It's it's oh it's Baby Shark too, Mike. <laughs> what a coincidence! Of course it's the it Jaws is. Theme. <laughs> um, That's why I thought would, you were going with it at first. I thought that was going to no. be the Jaws theme, maybe with a weird intro I'd never heard. That, and might, then that it, wouldn't be bad though. I no, mean, that it would be menacing. You'd have yeah. to walk slow. <laughs> Imagine the match between Mike and Tara wrestlers, though, between like that Gate Creeper right. song and then. Baby shark. Well, no, because that's great. Because then, right? So then, meep, meep, baby right, shark. right in the middle of the right in the middle of the fight, right? There's that moment where things are going bad for one of you one way, and then the lights drop. <laughs> one Punch Man theme. This is an anime, Mike. Um, it's, a, it's it's called One Punch good. Man, and it's a guy who does a hundred push-ups and a hundred sit-ups to become the strongest man. And he like runs for a mile or some yeah, several miles. I'm familiar. And with he becomes it. the strongest yeah. man, and everybody he punches with one punch is literally annihilated into like nothing. Yeah, and so he can't he can't get a good fight, and so bec- becoming a hero becomes um, like mundane to him and boring, and so it's kind of about you know yeah. finding purpose. And it's hilarious. It's also super funny. The pacing, the uh, the art, everything about yeah, it's good. It's just really perfect. But also like, so like you know, it's a comedy. At the end of at, at the end of the road, between action and comedy, it's a comedy. And because of that, the theme song, you could read it as like really kind of silly and over the top, and it is. But like, it's also really ampy, and it gets you like hyped and excited to jump around and punch and exercise and stuff. So, like, I really like the theme song. I would come sprinting. I would never That'd walk. That'd be great. You would come ring. out David Mayfield style. David Mayfield style. Yeah, like... <laughs> a run yeah. and a flip into the ring. Yeah, it would just be like, whoop, just, just Right into the title speed. belt, and then he's just yeah. like, that. Yeah, exactly. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. So, um, okay. Love it. Um, all right. Uh, let's, get, let's get to our, our last songs here. Um, I already did my last song. Mike did his last song, oh. and then we did a question for funsies. <laughs> I was starting to wonder whether or not that happened. <laughs> oh, whoa. Yeah, I lost format. Sorry. That's it's okay. Uh, Tara. So um, my last song as well, uh, as well is David Mayfield. Um, uh, but the song was Hold On uh, by Tom Waits. <sighs> yeah. So yeah. we're just going to talk about David Mayfield a little bit here. So in 2004, David went to Thailand um, and Cambodia with an independently wealthy magician, as one does. That's how you do it. Uh, that's definitely how you do it. And what they were doing is they are performing for schools and orphanages. Um, and he was not necessarily able to handle the... Um, new type of cuisine, cuisine. Uh, that he was dining in His Thailand and Cambodia. Up to the task. His stomach was not. Uh, he says that he described the food as new uh, to him, <laughs> and a particular meal just didn't sit well. So where he was staying uh, in northern Thailand, he was at a home that was on stilts. There's a lot of flooding and things that happened in that area. But in the center of the village, there's basically what, it's like a squat hole uh, bathroom. It's house, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So he says, like, 2 a.m., his stomach is just tearing him up. He then... He was sleeping with dogs. Yes, he was sleeping with dogs. A bunch of huskies, he said. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he said his stomach was in a, a bad way. But what he had was one of those, like, Sony mini-disc players with him. So he sort of used the LED screen, so he didn't have a flashlight or anything like that, uh, to try to guide him. But he's also listening to music to not be, uh, like, terrified to this walk. Because, I mean, here in a no, small no village in Thailand, no yeah. lights, lots of wildlife and things going on. Uh, so now... As he makes his way to the hut, um, panic is starting to ensue here a little bit. He notices off while he's in the midst of what he has to take care of and his stomach is screaming at him. uh, 
he sees the ground moving next to him and he realizes it's an enormous snake. When he talks about this snake the next day, uh, they're like, oh, yeah, that's Carl. <laughs> Carl Just snake. like, oh, yeah, that's Carl. He lives there. Uh, we later said to him, you know, that would have maybe been nice that someone mentioned my, Carl my to point, you. My but point was, if Carl has a name, then everybody <laughs> knows it's going to happen. Yes. So when someone comes to visit, you should tell them, like, we have a snake named Carl. Yeah. He's in there. And he probably hangs out in there because it's warm yeah. and it's a one structure in the middle of this place. And maybe people. So he was trying to snuggle up to David while David was under a lot of physical duress. Listening um, to this song. Yeah. Listening to this song. So the juxtaposition yeah. of the Tom Waits very serious, serious song, song with this particular experience. I just kind of, it just very much tickled me, to be mm-hmm. honest yeah. with you. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's listen to this serious Tom Waits song. Yeah, so it's, this on. is Hold On by Tom Waits. Okay, so I, I just want to say, like, as for me, the mental image is really cinematic. Because right. Because like, my favorite music kind of trick in in cinema is when you have uh like odd juxtaposition of of songs with stuff so like you know um you get classical music with an action scene right um like in the third john wick movie sure sure you know um or like Nivaldi. those creepy like any kind of 2030s in like horror movies right yeah so like i really like you know a song like a tom Waits song in a comedy moment would well, be really good like i can see him like like freezing up holding on, on. The toilet <laughs> while there's a snake and trying to figure out like he's only got a couple of choices and they're all bad yeah and and the snake's in charge basically of what happens so yeah. I remember during the interview where I said something like, you know, and someday somebody listening to this is going to hear that song and they're going to be in, a, in an outhouse in a with hut. you in, in Thailand. And he said, that would make me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that, that one totally jumps out. The juxtaposition in the song and the story is perfect. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, my third song uh, was from the uh, the episode uh, with with Luke Flannery. Um, so again, uh, he's uh, he's episode ninety eight, and it was his first song. Um, uh, it's Melissa Joan Hart narrating Peter mm-hmm. and Wolf from Prokofiev, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna also do kind of a little like like a rule bend here, um, like Frank Mann did. This isn't a memory n- yet, but it's I'm forecasting a memory. Um, Luke talked about being a kid and being introduced to this by his dad and it being part of their drives. And, and now it's he, he like he lay, he lays at the feet of this song um, his love for thematic music and how like he attributes stories to a melody or characters to, to parts of a song um, even if they don't have them because that's what your brain kind of does. It gives meaning to things that have less form. And um, after that episode, like like walking out into the hallway, all I could think was like, I gotta I gotta play this for Zoe. Mm. So my daughter, you know, my daughter's seven, and she's right at the right. He might have been seven actually in the story. Um, but like, she has started to make little stories and write little jingles for the characters in her story. Mm. And I'm like, it's gonna blow her mind that like here's a piece of music and there's no words, but but there's. Word. Like there's a story. There's, there's yeah. stories. There's pictures. There's and it all. you can hear that one, and that's that's the bird, and that's the duck, and that's the cat. And so like, I really, I really am excited to 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 recreate that structure for her um, that Luke got to experience. And um, yeah, so so he was opening up like opportunities for me as he was describing what happened to him. So um, so this is um, 
Melissa Joan Hart narrating Peter and the Wolf um, with the Boston Symphony Orchestra. Um, there's no actual titles in the in the actual piece, but the track is called Early One Morning, Peter Opened the Gate and Went Out on a Big Green Meadow. In that episode, by the way, he mentioned a cool thing that like he hadn't noticed until we were listening here, but like that that um it gave him now listening, it gave him like Ghibli vibes. And uh, I really like, I like, I can, I, I would say that it, I, I've seen the Peter and the Wolf animated series from, or animated film from, you know, when I was a kid. Mm. But now in my head, it looks, mm. it looks like Ghibli. Yeah. <laughs> Spirited away, it the little like, soots yeah. and things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, and the cat looks like the cat bus. Mm. Like, I love cat bus. Um, all right. So. Uh, cat bus. Cat bus. Cat bus. They open for Meatbird. <laughs> they open for Meatbird. Who I'm, opens I'm for watching, Meatloaf? I'm watching those documentary series right now. And yeah. he What's wrote, the he, title for people who might? Uh, it's called uh, like Miyazaki. Ten years with Miyazaki or something okay. like okay. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on like a. It's, I don't know. You Google it. I'm sure. Um, it's a four part documentary series that starts in 2006 that follows the Studio Ghibli uh, f- creator. Um, but he mentioned that um, all of Totoro yeah. was built around a creepy little bus stop next to where he lived when he was a kid. The whole thing, like the, the whole universe came out of that one little bus stop. Which is actually kind of cool because um, iconically, like that's the image, right? Yeah. Like if you were like, if you had to show yeah, one. With the, with, the yeah, umbrella. With, the, with the umbrella. Yeah. yeah, like that's the Totoro picture, um, even though it's, it's, it's like a small scene in the movie. Yeah. I mean, it's an important scene, but it's not, there's a lot of bigger scenes in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like. But that's the actual real. That's the only real part of it is the yeah. bus stop. Yeah, and I love and, that. And and you and you find that that's how all of his films are. Like like Ponyo, which they're going over. Yeah. It's all stems from the image of um, him or her. Is it her? Her. Ponyo. Uh, Ponyo. It's a girl. Yeah. Um, standing on top of the, the the sort of amorphous fish coming into shore like yeah. this. That is the when he when he came up with that image, he called in his head animators and he's like, "This is it. This this is the essence. Make of a the movie. Entire, around make that, a movie yeah. around this mm-hmm. moment right here." I like ham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Ponyo. Um, okay. So, uh, last couple of things here. Uh, one, uh, do you have any out-of-the-box things that you're willing to share that you want to try to do with the show in the next year? And if not, that's okay. Mm. You get weird with it. <laughs> you know, um, I just would. I just hope we can get somebody – out there in the universe who is super big in the culture that wants to do it because then I think we can be in front of, you know, tens of thousands of people real quick if mm. we find somebody who, you know, everybody wants to listen to. Yeah. Because I think we, what we've got here is just – it's pure gold. still is two years in. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. I, I There's always room for improvement with everything. Um, I just so very much love what we do and how different – it evolves and becomes in its own little ways, but it never deviates from the core message and the core purpose and theme, which is biography through music. Yeah. What I would love to do, it's not necessarily an out-of-box crazy thing. Um, what I would love to do is maybe call on some local uh, videographers and I would like for us to do a behind-the-scenes uh, sort yes. of making of an episode. Sergio might be willing to do that. Yeah, I think it would be it would be really cool for people to see how the show gets made, um, all the little quirks and different sort of things and sort of feel almost like a live episode but not. You know what I mean? Because um, we really do have as much fun <laughs> as we seem like maybe we're having. Right. And as much creative freedom. We just we, – we decide to do it. We do it. We make it up. We change the rules. We bend the rules. We, we reconceptualize mm-hmm. but we stick on that core mission on purpose in a way that – 
it's just very um, uh, dynamic. And the yeah. three of us, we're we're in the same hallway um, yeah. at the studio here, so <laughs> it's really fun, honestly, for me to be able to yell. It's like, hey, Mike or Richard. Mike, Richard, Michael, yeah. Richard, Michael. and then it's like, all right, hey, this, 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 and we just have these powwows in yeah. the middle, you know, of a hallway, kind of within mine and Richard's offices since they're next to each other, and we just go over every single little thing together. And I don't know, I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change anything that we do right now so far. Uh, I don't have a good one, but I do. I for some reason I will. I want to do something food related with the like have like have a like have three a, dish like no like a like a like a brunch at Nice Guys. Oh yes, where we just play a the pa- uh, ep- oh oh ooh, uh, a guest have, reunion. Once we have the uh, p- the um the playlist Spotify yeah. playlist done, cool. We will invite all our guests to eat at Nice Guys or wherever. Throw a, throw a meal and we will put that. The, yeah. We will and we will all it's be in, in the hand. room yeah, with all hand. the guests that can make it with all these songs. On random, love yeah. it. And every time somebody's song comes yeah. up, they're like, have to stand up and give a speech. We all give like a little golf clap. Speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Very right, fun. Then, uh, last question. Um, tell me a guest that is uh, like a moonshot, but but you have, we'd also send them an email if we felt like it. Like, who would you really like in the next year that might be out of reach, but it's worth asking? Well, I've said this from the beginning yeah. before we even yeah. launched the first yeah. show, Barack Obama. I think Barack Obama, if this idea hit his ears, he would think about it and he would go, I'll do that. I can see it. I can see him going, I'll do that. <laughs> one, so that's the one. 100% agree with you. Uh, I actually, even though I don't necessarily listen to his music, yeah. uh, we have an episode that just came out um, with Barbara German. I would love Weird Al to be yeah. a guest. Yeah. In I case think you're listening, would, yeah. Mr. Mr. Yankovic. I, I think that he you would... Call him Al. You can call him Al, Mike. I think he would be an absolutely fabulous guest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe I think we would learn some things that the public doesn't necessarily, you know, know or would not necessarily tie him to. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think it could be full of very pleasant twists and turns and definitely like odd hilarity. If we could do it to where he was physically here. I know so there are, are times that we do, you know, remote. We can get people in a studio. I would love to do like an actual like in person. Oh, so yeah. if anyone has any connections, if you know that he's coming to visit the Southwest Florida area, Anytime soon, please get in touch with us at my song story or my what is it? My song story. My song story at WGCU.org. That's it. Thanks. I want to get uh, Andrew Ray Raya in here. Uh, he's the guy on known online as binging with Babish. He's oh a, yeah, a YouTube um, chef video maker who has he's expanded actually past just doing food food stuff and. Um, Man, he's he's cool. He's fun. Um, I feel I feel like kind of I kind of get his whole vibe. Um, and you know, like you said, Mike, he's he's a big name. And I have a feeling that if it hit his ears, just like you said, it, it would probably be something that's cool and he'd be into. So um, he has a new series where he goes and helps people out that are having a rough time. And he came to Orlando in the first episode to help somebody. And I was like, oh, if I had known, if I had known that he was going to do that, I would have just called and said, "Hey, you know, we'll come to Orlando and yeah. just do." It. <laughs> we'll go so, right now. Like, just you, just tell me your songs, and we'll drive. Yeah. So anyway, that's my guy. Um, for for those would all be great guests. Yeah, I think so too. So, um, all right, guys. Uh, final thoughts for year two, year three. I, I think it's wonderful. Um, you know, there's common themes, I think, throughout the years. And one that kind of stuck with me this year, we asked people about mixtapes uh, more than we don't in episodes, if they made them, uh, you know, whatever. And it's that story that I hear 
I don't know, at least 20, 30 odd times now that people would record on from the radio to cassette and then, you know, share different songs and things with cassettes that way. And I just think that's something really neat that regardless of what you put on that cassette, there's that commonality. And that's something throughout three song stories uh, constantly is there there's that common denominator and how people consume music, what fun, weird things they would do in order to distribute that music mm-hmm. uh, and get their friends or loved ones, whoever, you know, to listen to it. And I just think that that's really neat. So it's something about that cassette tape love. I'm going to let you add Mike, so I'm going to go. So I had a weird thing happen this this year. I had my first somebody recognize me for the show in the wild. I was at Publix, which is a grocery store down here. Um, and uh, the cashier saw me listening on my headphones to something, and he was like, what are you listening to? And I'm like, a podcast. And he goes, oh, what? which one? I was like, it's mine. It's this show called Three Song Stories. And he goes, is that the one where you had uh, Mike Martin? Because he was a student mm-hmm. here at the university, and that's that's the president of the university. And I was like, that is the one that had him. And he goes, yeah, you like listen to songs, and then you talk about people singing. And I'm like, like, I was like, yes. oh, yeah, that is the show. And he goes, are you Mike Canary or are you Richard Chinqui? And I was like, I'm Richard Chinqui. And I was like, oh. And he's like, hi, cool. That's so cool. And um, and we, Mike and I actually, have actually run into that guy on campus walking oh, around. Oh, cool. And, um, and I was like, wow, that's really that's neat, and it's weird, and it's scary, like all at once. Mm-hmm. And But my big takeaway from that was not so much the like, ooh, like, you know, people know me now, but it was like people are listening to it and i know that like like intellectually i know that because we have the the stats from our from our platform i can see people downloading it but like running into a person with no prompting that listens to the show and knows it and talked about it to me was really cool because it feels like you're people are out there and they're enjoying it so for everybody who's enjoying it and who's been listening like thank you so much thank you and nick if you're listening and you heard this (laughs) uh, i'll see you next time i'm at the store mine kind of is similar to that um we have just recently within the last few weeks been approached by people who want us to come talk about what we're doing um this thursday two days from this recording i'm going to be going to immokalee high school in the morning to sit on a panel of media people um who have careers in media but they asked me to do it because of this show Mm -hmm. um in july we're going to be the three of us will be presenting part of a lecture series at the lee county library system one of their cape coral branches Uh, again they reached out to us because of this show. Yeah. Um, and there's a third one. Uh, we just got an email. Did you see the email that oh, came good. in? Someone wrote us on, yeah, on yeah. Instagram, actually, from Florida Gulf Coast University. She emailed me as oh, well. Yeah. I forgot to mention that. But a, a professor at, uh, at FGCU who's talking, it's like a humanities class, mm-hmm. and she wants to talk, uh, she wants us to demonstrate some ways that you know music affects people in the real world yeah. to her freshman students. And so we're going to be doing that. So those three are all examples of, yeah, there's people who are listening and, and they find whatever we're doing interesting enough that they want to come out and they want to you know have us talk about it which is amazing and hopefully at the end of this next year when we do this for year three we can reflect on all the times we've gotten to do that because that's like you don't choose to do that somebody else chooses to ask you to do that so we've made enough of an impact for that to happen well thanks for uh, sitting down with me in uh retrospectiving guys uh keep listening keep Keep listening. listening For this week's parting tune, which we alluded to before, we're going back to episode 87 with former pot hauler and self-proclaimed saltwater cowboy Tim McBride. It's one of the single most descriptive song stories we've heard so far. We're sitting out there waiting for this to happen. And all of a sudden this kid goes, I think I hear something. So we all run out on the on the back of the boat and we turn and we're trying to listen. And all of a sudden we see this thing coming and it was right over the trees, yeah, over the mangroves. Yeah. 
this badass DC three with uh, twin uh, twelve hundred Pratt Whitney's just busting wide open just to keep this thing near, right? And here's these two clowns hanging out of the cargo door with suicide straps around their hands, screaming. And they went. That made a pass by us. They went out and made a turn and came back, and they started kicking these things out twenty bales at a time. And they're just flipping through the air, and they're tumbling and splashing and shit, you know. And then, you know, it's just the coolest thing. And the whole thing from the time we saw the plane, then he made his next pass to dump the first half, made his second pass to dump the second half, and took off. The whole thing took probably four minutes. Wow. We put Lagrange and started playing that out on the deck, just cranking it. We make this show in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Callaghan is online content producer and sometimes host. Chris Duffus is executive producer and next week's guest. Our theme song was made by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studios in St. Pete. Keep Keep listening. listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. The reason I'm calling you today is because the bird that you put in my ear back when I first started here about the uh, the three songs idea. Uh huh. We're running with it. Oh, what? Yeah.